how long? It's about faith under fire. And when things are looking rough and things aren't going the way you'd want, how do I trust in my God and grow in the midst? Well, welcome, Summit Point Church. Why don't we stand to our feet today? Welcome if you're joining us online. Let's sing, let's worship to our King this morning. Tasted and seen of the sweetest. 
this morning, church. Yes, you're worthy, Lord. You're so worthy, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful that the very power of your word here, Lord, it moves us. It shifts things in our lives, Lord. You break down barriers, you break down walls, you break down addictions. With your word, Lord, you restore families, you restore relationships, you heal the broken heart, God. We as your people today, we're unworthy on our own, Lord, we're so unworthy, but because of you and your sacrifice, Jesus, you place your righteousness on the unworthy, you call them loved, you call them yours, you call us your family, God. It's in that hope today that we get to celebrate, we get to worship you as your family, as one body of believers all across this place, Lord, we worship you. It's in the holy name of Jesus that we pray that today. Amen. Amen, church. I love the truths we get to declare together as a body, as a family. Why don't you take a moment right here, just greet somebody next to you, say hello. Welcome again, Summit Point Church. I am Mitch Tucker. I'm the high school pastor here. On behalf of Pastor Tim and the rest of the staff and elders, thrilled that you're here with us today, whether it's online or whether you're here in person. What a beautiful sunny day it is out today. I've got flip-flops on. It's May. Things are, things are good, right? And whether or not things... Maybe you would label their things are good in your life or maybe around you. Maybe, maybe you're in the midst of just some, some really deep heartache right now. Maybe you're going through just a lot of struggles. There's a lot of pain that's just coming up in, in, in amongst you. We have one truth, one simple truth that we cling to, that our Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that just one word, Everything bows to him. All authority is due his name. And we get to gather together and lift high the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You with me? Amen. Amen. Whether again, whether you're online right now, you're here in person, the best way to stay connected with us today is to get out those phones, to get on that church app, and to fill out that that friendship register. So please take some time even right now while I'm speaking. Uh, Let us know that you're, you're with us today. And as you scroll down that, before you, you submit, there's a, uh, some places if you're, perhaps now, you're, a, you're wanting to, to maybe jump back into to serving in one of our, uh, maybe our children's ministry or parking team or something else here to, to serve. Um, it's, there's a special thing that uh, the Lord receives glory when we serve and we serve together in, in his house. So if you, you're interested in serving, go ahead and, and mark one of those. And then before you submit, right, right, uh, right above that is a, a place for prayer requests. And we love to, to bring those prayer requests every single week, several times, um, just, just to know what's going on in your life and then to bring specific requests or maybe specific, specific praises that we can bring to, uh, to the Lord. So please take the time, even, even just right now, to write down some, some, uh, some prayer requests, things that are going on in your life, maybe your family's life that are on your heart here today. Well, 
We have a, it's like an exciting time here at, at Summit Point. We've got some big things that are about to come up. And we're, there's also some things that we just we haven't been able to do in, in a while. So announcement-wise, one big thing, and this is for our ladies. We have a big, huge, giant women's event a couple Tuesdays from today. That's uh, Tuesday, June 8th. Make sure that you register for this. Ladies, that's going to be an awesome night of some, just some, some crazy, powerful worship Lifting high the name of Jesus Christ, and it's called the simple truth. The simple truth that a lot of times we take for granted. The simple truth that Jesus Christ, that he is in control. That he does overcome. That he does overpower the things in this life that want to rob us of our hope in him. That's that simple truth that Jesus Christ, he's not going anywhere. He's our one and only constant, and he's always with us. No matter during the times that, that we would say are good or during the times of, of trouble and, and trial. So ladies, please do not miss out on that. Go ahead, go online and, and sign up for that. And a couple of things that we just haven't been able to do in a while. Uh, a couple Sundays from today, Sunday, June 13th. If you're looking for that, that next first step uh, to, to join the, the life here of Summon Point Church, I would uh, invite you to First Connections. First Connections... Go ahead and sign up for that. That is going to, to happen right after our 4.30 service on the, the 13th. So it's going to be somewhere around about 5.45. That's when, when that gets done. We will have food for you there. If you've got kids, we've got some child care. So we try to make it as easy as possible and as fun as possible. Um, we've been missing First Connections as a, as a staff. It's a, it's a fun time, a, a great time. So make sure that you, um, if, if that's you, looking for that great, what's, what's my... What's my What's my next first step here in the life of, of, of Summit Point Church? First connections, make sure that you're a part of that. And then if you're really considering, is, is Summit Point Church, is, am I going to land here? Is this 100% going to be my, my church family? Then we'll have a, another time. It's called Discover Summit. It's on Saturday, June the 26th. And we'll, we'll take some, some more in-depth time to, to go over about who we are as a church. What, why do we go after the name of Jesus Christ the way that we do? How do we make disciples? And what makes us unique? So uh, if that's you, if that's where you're at, and just, uh, just bring in those prayer requests. Is, is someone point church, Lord, is, is, that, is this going to be my, my church family? Now, if you're, uh, if you're going through those types of questions in your, in your prayer time, please uh, sign up for Discover Summit. You can do all of this online on the church's website. Well, we also want to make sure that we, we, have, we give um, an opportunity to give back of our first fruits here today. We have several opportunities or, or ways to do so. Uh, we have an online church function. If you're here in person, um, after the conclusion of our service, we'll, we'll have some, some baskets at each of the doors so you can place it in. You can always mail in a check, um, just making sure that uh, we, we give you the opportunity to do that. Well, there's a lot of things that, that are going on in the life of Summit Point Church, and there's a lot of things that we uh, we know that, that God has planned for this service right now. So let's just bring it all before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we, we love you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, because of who you are. Lord, you, you are holy. And so easily you have authority over our lives, over this world. Lord, as we reflect upon that truth, it does give us peace. Peace that's greater than our circumstances. Peace. And joy that's greater than our trials. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for who you are and that we can have a, a personal relationship through your son, Jesus Christ. 
And Lord, we also thank those who gave up the, the ultimate sacrifice, who lost their life in service as we celebrate Memorial Day tomorrow. Lord, we celebrate their lives. Lord, we celebrate the freedom that we enjoy that they earned for us. And Lord, as we continue to celebrate their life and their service, Lord, we think about their families, that as they celebrate, they're also going through times of grief and times of loss. Lord, we pray that you would bring them your comfort. Comfort that is, is rooted in who you are, your truth, your love, your peace. Lord, we pray that you would bring your comfort upon them right now. And Lord, we, we thank you for giving us the resources. We pray for our giving here today. Lord, that your name would be lifted up of how that's spent. We also pray for your servant, Pastor Tim, as, as we continue to walk through the book of Habakkuk. Lord, that you would use him in a powerful way today, that we would leave changed, changed by your truth, changed by who you are and your plan for us. We love you when we worship you. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray.
to take a time right now to just do exactly that, to continue turning our eyes to Jesus. So uh, y'all should have uh, the communion cup if you want to go ahead and pick that up. And uh, as you're going to get that, just a couple reminders. The bread is gluten-free for those where that's super important, just so you know the bread's gluten-free. And and a little tip, we are going to do the bread first, so you don't want to undo the drink side first. <laughs> just leave it at that. All right. And we love you guys. And it's just a great moment for us to focus on who Jesus Christ is and all that he's about. Man, as we come to communion, this is just a moment for us to turn towards him, for us to look to him and worship him. For us to thank him for all that he is. Praise him for all that he's done. To remember and thank our Lord God for what he's all about. And know this. As we come to communion, we are remembering that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he can forgive sin. Communion is for all those who trust in Christ to take a moment to say thank you, Lord. For the forgiveness of sin and all of God's people said so let's just take a time right now just a little bit of prayer time just a little bit of breathing in and breathing out right just a little bit of worship and praise as we're breathing in and as we're confessing our sin as we're breathing out let's just take a moment together here if you'll bow your heads Lord God we come before you Lord we praise you and we thank you we worship you and we cry out, we ask that you get all the glory. So Lord, we lift your name up as worthy, almighty Savior. And just right where you are, thank you, Lord. You are worthy, almighty Savior. Just praising you, God. we turn to the one who is worthy. You may be walking in today and you know there's sin you've been holding on to. Maybe it's been for months or years. Maybe it's been for weeks. Maybe it's been just this morning. And it was a rough start. And Lord God, I just laid this sin down before you. I am done. Please forgive me. Lord, forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me for my words. Forgive me for my actions. Whatever it might be, just being super specific. Lord, Please forgive me. I'm laying this sin down before you right now. Just right where you are, handing him your sin. I'm done. now just breathing back in again. Lord, thank you that you forgive sin. Scripture says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Faithful and just to forgive his sacrifice on the cross. So as we cry out, he brings forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive sin, that you are faithful and just. 
just celebrating him as you breathe that in, praising him. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Again, just addressing sin. Maybe there's something in your life you're not even aware of. Lord God, please, anything that needs to go, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, anything, what do I need to know what needs to go? Just allowing the Holy Spirit to press in. Whatever comes to mind, Lord, please forgive me. Just getting things clean with your God. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love that you stepped into this world to sacrifice for me that I might be saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation and thank you for your love. And just one last moment with him. Thank you for your love, Lord. saving, redeeming name of Jesus, we praise you. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, as Jesus sat with his disciples, he took the bread and he tore it and he held it up to them and he said, this, this is my body broken for you, broken whipped, beaten, mocked, nailed for my sin. Jesus making clear to them that he was about to sacrifice it all. They didn't get it. They were barely understanding it. But Jesus was making it clear he is the bread of life. This is my body. And he said, take and eat. Go ahead. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. Jesus is like, I am going to carry your sin, my blood. And this is in remembrance of what I'm laying down. Every bad attitude, every wrong action, every word we shouldn't have said, the cross covering with Jesus' blood. Jesus willingly coming as our Savior, so worthy to cover our sin. 
And he ended up taking the drink and he lifted it up and he said, this, this is my blood poured out for you. And as you go to take this drink, just in your mind as you're repeating it, you are worthy as we go and take, take and drink. going to ask you all to go ahead and stand as I close this piece in prayer. We're going to sing to our God as we connect back with the offertory there. Lord Jesus, you are worthy. Lord God, we are stunned that we can have forgiveness. We thank you and we come to you and we praise your name that in your presence we can taste of your glory, we can taste of your grace. You are are worthy. We worship and praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
and we focus on you as Savior and Redeemer, as Almighty King. Lord, you are worthy. And we were in awe. Lord, we praise your name and we lift you up. May you get all the glory. In Jesus' saving name, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may take a seat. Sweet moment to just remember who Jesus Christ is and, and just to take a celebration time. And, you know, we're in a series here called How Long? How Long? And we're talking through what it means uh, to be waiting on God. Waiting on God very specifically about something, though. Waiting on God on His dealing with sin. His dealing with sin in this world. His dealing with the wrong of what others have done. Lord God, how long? How long until you step in? How long until you begin to move? And, you know, as we look at today, the celebration of Jesus Christ that we've taken here so far and just being able to reflect and may we continue in that same spirit of reflection as we see what God has to share with Habakkuk today. You know, a little bit of catch-up. Habakkuk was like, Lord, I'm not happy with what's going on. The sin in this world has been horrible. The sin in Judah, your nation, your people, do something, God. I'm ready to see you step in. And, and how long? And you... Really, he was kind of saying, God, I think you're being too patient. It's time. Could you please do something? And, and then God said, hang on. I am going to be doing something. But you're going to be stunned with what it is. I'm going to take the nation of Babylon, the Chaldeans. I'm going to take these people that are horrifically sinful. And I'm going to do something huge with them. I'm going to bring them in, and they're going to be the peace that starts to address the sin of Judah. They're going to actually start to bring Judah back towards me. And uh, Habakkuk's response was basically, you're kidding, right? Like, you've got to be kidding, God. How could you use somebody so sinful to try to accomplish something so holy. Lord God, why would you let somebody more sinful judge somebody less sinful? God, what are you thinking about? I'm so confused. Have you ever been there in your life? As you watch God working and moving and you're like, Lord, what I see doesn't match what I know of you. Like, Lord, what's coming next? I don't understand and help me put it together. Well, God's going to begin to put it together for him today as we dive into the beginning of Habakkuk chapter 2. So turn with me, if you will, to Habakkuk chapter 2. This is like five books from the end of the Old Testament, right? So you go to the Old Testament, go back a few books, and you're there. Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 2. And uh, Lord, how do I deal with things when what it looks like doesn't match up with what I know? about you. How do I deal with this? Point number one, wait patiently and remember well. Wait patiently and remember well. He writes down, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets 
so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. We're just going to hold right there. He said, and the Lord answered me. Because that's the kind of God we have. Because when we're struggling, when we're confused, God cares about what's going on in your soul. God cares to come alongside. He shares. He communicates. He makes it real. Your God loves you. And he longs to hear from you. And if you're in the middle of turmoil, know this. God will bring a sweet, sweet answer. Come to him and trust in him. And the Lord, Yahweh, answered. said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. He's like, all right, Habakkuk, get ready. I'm going to give you an answer to your question. And it's going to be thunderous. I'm telling you, I'm going to put some things down for you that are going to make this all clear. So get ready. I need you to write it down. Don't just try to have it memorized. Don't just try to repeat it later with a few words. Write it down. In fact, he says, write it down on tablets. Now, normally they would have used things like papyrus or some kind of scroll that could roll out and back. God's like, no, man, this is super permanent, absolutely true chisel it in stone. Put it in stone. This can be trusted. Get ready. This needs to be known by the nation of Judah and really known by the nations. Here's who I am. He says, make it plain on tablets. Chisel it into the rock so he may run who reads it. So he may run who reads it. And this truth is going to be life-changing. It is going to be life-giving. It is going to be worth sharing so that he may run who reads it. In fact, this probably even refers to the guy who would have brought it from town to town. Like if it is this all-important, powerful message, then there's probably a herald of it. Somebody who's coming along proclaiming and heralding it. And as he reads it, it like infuses him with energy. He's fired up about the reality and he picks up stones and he runs to the next town so that he can bring them out and read it out and proclaim it. He's creating almost a little bit of a comical moment. As he's like, imagine the herald hauling it with rocks under his arms because these things won't change. And he's like, this is so exciting. I got to run to get to the next town. I'm not just walking. I got to get there. I got to share this. I'm telling you, even the heralds are going to be fired up about this fact so that he may run who reads it. For still, the vision awaits its appointed time. Like, this is still to come. What I'm going to share with you is about tomorrow. That's what God's saying to Habakkuk. What I'm going to share with you is about what's coming soon for you, Habakkuk. This is an appointed time, and it hasn't come yet. Appointed. Everybody just say appointed. Yeah, that, that means God established it. God is doing it. God has a plan. It's an appointed time. You're going to find the word appointed all over Scripture. And as you dig into the Old Testament, the word appointed falling out all over the place as you see God making clear what he is doing. God has a plan. 
In fact, you may want to write this verse down. Genesis 1.14. Genesis 1.14. This is in the middle of the creation. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for, ready, for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Let him put the expanses into the heaven. God says, let there be this light, this expanse in the heavens, and it has a purpose. Signs and seasons and days and years. There are four purposes for what's going on with the stars and the moon and the galaxies in general. Four purposes, signs and seasons and days and years. Now, the days and the years we get, we kind of use that, right? We sort of stay tied to what's going on, and we got this solar calendar thing, and we get the days and the years thing. But signs and seasons, by season, he doesn't mean spring, fall, winter. He's not talking that kind of season. He's talking like a movement of God afoot among the people, a season of time, something God is doing. He marks those in the galaxies. He marks them with signs. God has a plan, and he set and wound up this clock called the galaxies. And as he lets the clock unfold, there are moments that come where God is doing something massive, like the Messiah, Savior, Jesus Christ, entering into this world, and the galaxy clicks to the next move, and the star lights up above Bethlehem. And God uses the galaxies for signs and seasons, and days and years, right? So like we use kind of the smallest detail of it, but know this, God has attached the galaxies to the truth and the timing of his movements. And God has appointed times. He's like, hang on, Habakkuk. Not yet, but soon. And God's getting him set. It says, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. It's true, and it's coming, it's real, and it's going to happen. And this vision of future sin and punishment he's talking about, it's coming up, and we're going to see it, a lot of it, next week. But he's like, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to deal with Babylon. So I'm giving you a little insight as to what's coming in the next week of verses. But God's like, hang on. It's going to be huge because I'm going to tell you about this sinful nation, Babylon, and how they're going to be used for Judah, but then I'm going to tell you how I'm going to deal with their sin. Hang on. I'm bringing it all together. What you see and what you know of me is all going to come together, Habakkuk. Know this. There is an appointed time to be dealing with it. He says, if it seems slow... Wait for it. Now, have you ever been waiting for something? And when it seemed slow, the person's advice to you was, wait for it. You're like, not helpful. I'm already kind of doing that. And I'm kind of freaking out on it. And God is calling him to a very spiritual moment. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Have you ever noticed that when you're going on vacation, the drive there can seem like it takes forever? And on the way back, you're just home. And, and like, what happened? How did that drive seem so long on the way there? And 
because we're longing for and we're counting every second and, and God is like, hang on, wait for it and wait for it well. It will not delay. There is a timing. There is an appointed time and God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. And do you believe that? Have we said that enough around here? God has a plan. And there's times where what we see in front of us doesn't line up with what we know of God. Hang on. God has a plan and he's doing something along the way. I'll just say this. In the middle of waiting, we can often start doubting. Why? There's something I wrote down this week. Doubt is the natural byproduct of impatience. Doubt is the natural byproduct of impatience. As we begin to get fed up with the timing, as we want to see it go differently, all of a sudden we start questioning. We start questioning God's knowledge. Do you really know? Or maybe his power. Can you really do it? Or, or maybe we're questioning his love. Do you even care to wade in? And those three things, knowledge and power and love, they're the triangle of trust. And as we begin to doubt, as we begin to get impatient with one of those three areas or all of them, the doubts start welling up. And be careful. Impatience can cause grave doubt in our heart. May we wait on our God. Maybe here's another way to say it on the opposite side. Hope is the natural byproduct of worshipful trust. Hope is the natural byproduct of worshipful trust. And as we begin to trust in our God and his knowledge and his power, and we trust in his love, all of a sudden hope starts welling up. The things he said, no, they're true, man. I don't walk away from my God on this. He said it. It's going to happen. Hang on. It'll make sense. Just a second. And hope, it's the natural byproduct of worshipful trust. It's a huge deal that we grasp. He's like, hey, you're going to need to wait for this for its appointed time. Just so you know, uh, that would be uh, close to a, a hundred years for Habakkuk to see all of this come to fruition. But God has a plan and God has it lined up. And he said, chisel it in stone so it doesn't get forgotten along the way. You know, this past week, uh, I was talking with my wife and um, it turns out the pool had opened at my daughter's uh, apartment complex and she was excited to get over there to the pool and and so she asked if one of us wanted to go with her and uh, I love being out, I love being in the sun, I love being at the pool, but I burn so fast at the front end of the year. Like May, June is super important for not scalding myself, right? So I had been out for a little bit, so I'm like, ah, maybe I shouldn't and John is like, well, I got to take Toby over and drop him off and and uh, he's got an appointment. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll, I can take him and drop him off. And we're like, that's good. And she said, okay, I'll go over to the pool. She said, by the way, you know where you're going, right? And I'm like, yeah, I've dropped him off to get his uh, haircut before. And she's like, yeah, you're not going there. You have to go to the vet. I'm like, what? So now I don't go and drop the dog off and leave. Now I go and sit down and hang on until they get whatever is done. How long is this going to take? How long? Is this going to take? And she's like, ah, oh, they're pretty fast usually. I'm like, oh no, here we go. I'm going to end up sitting there all day in the vet waiting for something to get figured out. So I go in and uh, they take the dog and he goes back super excited. He runs away with them and happy to be with them. And they're like, you can sit down there. And I sit 
and do nothing. Have you ever had those moments where you're sitting there like, what in the world? You're just waiting for time to go by. Nothing to do whatsoever. That makes time just creep by. Like second by second. Every time I check my watch on the phone, I'm like, oh good, another minute has gone by. How long is this going to be? This could be 15, 20, 30 minutes. I was planning on getting home. I still got a few things I got to get done. And, and then the woman says to me, if you want, you can come over here. And uh, I'll start to check out. I know what they're doing. We've got the bill all kind of set up now so I can run that. So I at least got to come over and start to get things paid off and signed up and get some pills ordered that they knew were going on. Toby's not done yet. He's not out yet. But I'm at least able to do a few things. Things started moving along a little faster. And as I'm getting things paid off, we're getting it done. And then they brought the dog out. And now we're able to kind of bring it to a close. I'm just telling you, having something to do really did help a lot. And oftentimes, we identify the word wait as meaning do nothing. Do nothing. But in fact, that may be a terrible definition. So I just put this definition down. Ready? Waiting is not the absence of effort. Waiting is not the absence of effort. Waiting is only doing the effort that is commanded. Waiting is not the absence of effort. Waiting is only doing the effort that is commanded. No more and no less. Waiting is only doing the effort that is commanded. Let that settle in. There was a period of time where she was like, sit on the chair, do nothing, just wait for your dog. The only command I had was sit. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there waiting, like a good dog would in that place when you hear the word sit, as I'm sitting there, that's all I have. I've got nothing else. I just wait. And some of you may be in that phase of life where something is going on and you're waiting and you're longing for God to move and the only thing you have is wait, sit, hang on, just hang on a little longer, just hang on. And please hear me, that does not mean your God does not love you. God has a plan. And he may be asking for way more than that. He may be saying, it's time to jump in and go after some things. It's time to run after this hard. And then it's time to step up. And your waiting may include obedience along the way. It may not fix the whole problem, but part of it can be accomplished. Make sure that in your waiting, you're being obedient to whatever effort is commanded. May God get all the glory. So simple question, how are you doing in your waiting. How are you doing at knowing the command that is given and staying focused on it and it only? How are you doing at worshiping while you wait? Okay. That's the first point. Second point, live. Live by your faith rather than in the spirit of your faith. Live by your faith rather than in the spirit of your faith in spite of your faith. You got to be super careful as you go after this. As you run hard, it's super easy for us to go, I know I had this faith, but I, I'm going to ignore what I know. I'm going to now run hard after what I am seeing in front of me, and all of a sudden, our doubts are driving where we had. Be careful. Make sure you're living by it, not in spite of it. 
So here we go. He says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. His soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. He's like, listen, I know who the Chaldeans are. I understand they're puffed up. I under-, he's like, he's using an illustrative like a frog that gets a big chest. He's like, I know what's going on. I know they think super highly of themselves. And I know it's not holy and righteous within them. They're prideful. They're godless. He's like, I, I know they're puffed up. Can you imagine what Habakkuk would be saying right now? Yes! Like, I know they're puffed up. Me too. That's the problem. That's what I'm seeing that doesn't make sense. And he says, but the righteous shall live by faith. This is a thunderous statement. The righteous shall live by faith. This is a diamond in the middle of the dirt, if you will. All this talk about sin, all this talk about nations and horribleness, and the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by what? Faith. Faith. Making sure that we're not living by our knowledge, but by faith. Making sure we're not living by our works, but by faith. Not by our success, but by our faith. Not by what it looks like, but by what God says it is. Faith. May we lean on him. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Live on the conviction of things not seen. The righteous live by faith. This is a thunderous phrase. In fact, so thunderous that this passage got dropped into three New Testament passages when explaining the gospel. And uh, you may want to just write the passages down, but Romans 1:17, it says, for in it, that is in the good news, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Talking about the gospel message, the hope of salvation, the righteous shall live by faith. Salvation in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3:11. It says, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous don't live by the law. The righteous don't live by works. Abraham was not saved by the law. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Romans chapter 4. Know this man, faith, both Old Testament and new. The righteous shall live by faith. When what you see in front of you doesn't look good, do not distance or separate from who your God is. The righteous will live by faith. And all of God's people said, huge deal. Hebrews 10.38 is the third one on that if you want to write it down. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38. He says, moreover, wine is a traitor. An arrogant man who is never at rest. Now, hopefully when you read that, you go, uh, whoa, topic change. (laughs) Like, what just happened? Like, how is this tied together? And just so you know, the Babylonian nation was known for their drinking. They were known to be so 
prolific in their drinking. Their parties would go off the hook. They would be so bad in their drinking that in fact they were known and notorious for how much drinking. And he's like, their pride will be their undoing. In fact, their drink will also be their undoing and they'll connect together. He's like, wine is a traitor. It promises relaxation, but it delivers up destruction. That's really what he's saying. Wine is a traitor. It promises relaxation, but it delivers up destruction. So about a hundred years after the time of Habakkuk, right? So Habakkuk's sitting here in time around the 620s, we'll call it BC. There's about 30 years out is when Babylon's going to sweep into Judah and take over everything. That's about 30 years from the time of Habakkuk, somewhere in there, 10 to 30 years in his lifetime until that happens, right? But then it's about 100 years, 70 years after that, about 100 years from Habakkuk until Babylon falls. Babylon, the Chaldeans, they sweep in, they take over, they're owning and running it until this event, Daniel chapter 5. It says, King Belshazzar, this is one of the kings over Babylon, King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords. That's a big party. For a thousand of his lords, and they drank wine in front of the thousand. This was a huge drunken fest with wine everywhere and a thousand people getting blitzed. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought forward, that the king and the lords, his wives and his concubines might drink and get drunk from them. That very night, Belshazzar the Chaldean was killed. Bottom line, his final undoing was a massive drunken party. Bring out the wine, bring the thousand, let's celebrate together. And as they're trying to relax, it goes too far. And then he says, get the temple gold and silver. Get the drinks, the cups that would have been used to worship God Almighty. And you bring them in here to worship me. And as he brings them in, Yahweh is like, that's the end of it. And God is making it very clear. The drink will be the end of the Babylonians. That night, this king was killed. Babylon was overtaken. Darius the Mede is put in place. And Babylon is done. God chiseled it in stone a hundred years ahead. God has a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. And when it's not on our time scale, with hope, wait patiently, trusting in faith that God might get all the glory. The Babylonians will come to an end. And he makes it clear. And he says, chisel it in stone. And I'm going to make clear to you how, and that's what really next week is, as we walk through what God's going to be saying and doing. Know this, God takes sin seriously. And God loves and cares for us along the way. May we work together. And may we live for him. All for God's glory. Wait and trust. Wait and trust. Everybody just say, wait and trust. And that's 
how we follow our King. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Lord, we worship you. Lord, help us in our waiting. Lord, help us to be coming before you, trusting you. Lord, may we count on you. And Lord, as we look at the circumstances in front of us, whatever is washing on our shore, Lord, help us to see that in light of who you are, not in spite of who you are. Lord, may we truly worship you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And just right where you are, just saying, Lord God, I long to wait on you. I'm trusting your hand and just handing yourself to him. specific you're wrestling with and it's just Lord God I'm giving this to you Lord may I have hope not doubt Lord may I live by faith hope not doubt as I give this to you trusting in your king going to ask you to go ahead and stand right where you are. Lord Jesus, in this broken world, we come before you. And Lord, we hand you our worship, our faith, as we look to you and we see you for who you are. We look to you in faith and we count on you and we long for you to get the glory. Lord, may we wait upon you. In the saving, healing name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said.
God who knows all. May we wait on the God who can do all. May we wait on the God who loves beyond anything we could ever imagine. Trust in him. The righteous will live by faith, not by what appears right in front of us to be going on. The righteous shall live 
by faith. Everybody just say, by faith. May we follow after our God. May we put our heart of trust in him. May God's timing be the timing. As hard as that may be, handing it all to our King. And all of God's people said, Thank you.